Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and I am very, very happy to say I am live in person with my good friend and body double for Will Smith uh, and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> Ken Hellenius. <laughs> Ken, it's so good to actually see you, my friend. I know. We actually got to embrace after Mass this morning, and yeah, it's fantastic to be uh, to be with you, Deacon. I've driven down from, uh, from my home in South Bend, Indiana, to Yoder, Indiana, to St. Aloysius Parish, where you're preaching a parish mission here. And uh, I mean, you're 75 miles away. How can I let you get this close and not come and hang out with you in person? Yeah, and I appreciate that very much. It's great to see you. And uh, yeah, the parish mission uh, you know, is going well. Yeah. You know, and uh, had a wonderful time uh, last night here for a few more nights. And so we thought, you know, since we're so close, yeah. let's get together and record a couple of shows. So this is this is fantastic. Well, so we're in the actual broadcast zone of Redeemer Radio, which is one of the fine stations that carries Living Stones. And so, uh, yeah, you're you're here in the diocese preaching here. And I know from here you go on to South Carolina and you're we've talked about this before. Lent is your is your busiest yes, season of absolutely. preaching the gospel, preaching parish missions. And we've also talked about kind of the content. But I know, like, for example, here at St. Aloysius, each night has been devoted to kind of a particular audience or a particular message. Yeah, so it depends what the parish chooses. They select, they see the talks that I have, and they select which ones um, they would fit what's going on at the parish. That's why I really like, because every, every mission is different, you know, because they pick different talks. Some are very themed talks, like, okay, we're talking about Lent, let's, all, let's talk about reconciliation and Eucharist, and, you, know, those, yeah. and, you know, those kinds of things. But for this mission, part of it was also trying to bring people back together for COVID and rebuild community again. Right. So uh, the talk last night was on Apologetics 101, you know, say so thought a lot of people be interested. How do I talk to my friends who aren't Catholic about the faith and, without getting defensive and you know <laughs> that kind of thing? How do we how do we share the, the truth of the faith and love? Yeah. And so tonight we're going to talk about theology of the body for teens. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's always a great topic. And there's a cool example I, I I do in that talk, which everybody gets a big kick out of. So I'm looking forward to doing that tonight. Then tomorrow night they're gonna they want a, a night for men. So we're going to talk about uh, answering God's call the vocation uh, of men, you know, life of the men in the family, in the church, and in the culture. And then the last night, we're going to talk about uh, celebrating our beliefs, about the sacraments. Yeah. Um, you know, how, sacraments are not just things that are done to us, but things that we enter into and how um, when we live from the grace of the sacraments, then we're, re- then we're truly being who God called and created us to be. Well, and that seems like the perfect kind of transition because we are entering into Holy Week here right now. Uh, as this airs uh, here on our home station on Modern Day Radio, uh, it's the very beginning of Holy Week. And you talk about the desire to come back together, to bring people back together, especially this year is, you know, it seems things are returning much more to normal after the worldwide pandemic and things like that. Why, and we want to talk, why is it so important that we actually come together for these celebrations? Because, gosh, for the last two years, uh, that first year of the of the uh, pandemic, we 
nobody got to go to the sacred triduum and enter into Holy Week. And we always talk about these being the single most important high points of the church year for us. Why should we even be together? And we thought that's a good topic for us to discuss. So we've had great shows about the content of Holy Week, but why do we do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that you talk about two years ago, and then last year, in a lot of places, it was limited to how many people can come. Right. You know, so you still didn't have everybody back. But this year, you know, it looks like things are, are very much open in a, in a lot of places now, and even many foreign countries now are opening back up with no restrictions on mm-hmm. entry. And, and so um, now it's time for us to come back together. And why is that important? Because for two years, we've been apart, and people are used to not coming to mass. Right. You know, they're used to watching on television. They're used to being away. And I think this is an incredible opportunity for us to come back as a body of Christ because, you know, we're an incarnational church, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And what we're celebrating this week is the culmination of the purpose of why Jesus came in the first place. You know, and there's a beautiful physicality to all of this. When you think about the incarnation, You know, you think about the Blessed Virgin Mary, how her body was used as not just a vessel to carry a child, but it was the monstrance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was was the tabernacle. It was the new Ark of the Covenant. All of the flesh of the Redeemer came from her. Yeah. Like, she was the physical parent. And and again, a fulfillment, I think, of Genesis 3.15. You know, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Right. Her seed. She was the one that provided uh, a complete human nature for her child, you know, without the help of a a man. Right. Without without the seed of a man. How can this be? I do not know. man. That's right. That's right. It's the Holy Spirit. Right. We'll overshadow. Right. Well, we'll overshadow you. Yeah. Come upon you, which is the same word they used for the uh, glory. Shekinah, the glory cloud that came over. The, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, the tabernacle, Ark of the Covenant. And that's why she's a new Ark of the Covenant. The, I mean, the parallels are amazing. Yeah. But there's, a again, a beautiful physicalness. And then when she went to see Elizabeth, John the Baptist leapt. Again, the, the movement of the child in the womb of Elizabeth, when, when the monstrance walked into the room, John the Baptist began to adore. And so throughout Christ's life, there was a beautiful physicalness, right? You see Jesus eating, right? He's walking, um, he's speaking. Uh, he's you know, getting touched. The hem of yes. his garment's being touched. He's making mud with spit and smearing it on eyes. These are all actual moments of touch that also happen in the context of a journey, a journey from his hometown to the place of his passion, right? Luke especially talks about that journey to Jerusalem. I mean, this is the entire gospel. The core of it is that movement toward Jerusalem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that that's actually a great point because there were special times when the Israelites traveled to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Feast of uh, Passover, right? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. Yeah. The Feast of Pentecost, which is the feast also called the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles, also called the Feast of Booths, were three times that you went up to Jerusalem. So no matter what direction you came from, you went up, up to, to Jerusalem. The ascent towards. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And which is what the gradual Psalms are about. Psalms 120 to 134. Those are called Songs of Ascents or gradual Psalms, um, Psalms that were sung by worshipers as they ascended the road to Jerusalem. You know, and, and so, again, that physicalness of pilgrimage, the, the physicalness of journeying, 
You know, we even see Jesus when he's on the, the Sea of Galilee and he calms a storm, right? You know, the, the nature, you know, he's listening to, yeah, listening to him. You know, it's just, uh, it's a great time, I think, now entering into Holy Week this year, particularly when we were away from each other. We had to wear masks and we had to be distant. You know, you can't touch anybody, right? And the sign of peace and things like that were eliminated in a lot of places, you know. So, so now it's time for us to come back, to be together around the body of Christ, the, the people of Christ around the body of Christ, Yeah, you know, and, and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, and where Christ is giving to us word and sacrament, you know, word in a spiritual way, and then it's the physicalness of uniting ourselves with him in the sacrament of the Eucharist. It's interesting that you, I mean, you talk about sacrament there, and at lunch we were talking about the fact that every one of the sacraments that we celebrate actually has physicality. Um, the Eucharist, of course, bread and wine, something that we can eat and taste that look like regular bread and wine. And yet we know that their substance is and that they are transformed, literally transformed by Christ himself into Christ, uh, as he promises us. But the other sacraments, baptism is the outward sign is a washing it's an outward sign that is affecting us inwardly. It's a washing of the soul, a washing of sin away, and a, a baptism into death that we might be raised. Confirmation, oil, seal, the, the sign of sealing, uh, the sacrament of holy orders. Again, a sealing with oil and sign of the cross, um, anointing of the sick. All of the parts of the body are anointed with the holy oil. Uh, marriage is perhaps the the uh, sacrament that that we know as physical because it's you know it's hugging, it's embracing, it's kissing, it's walking hand in hand with your beloved. Yeah. It's all of that aspect of physically being together. Yeah, and, we, and, and during that sacrament, you, it says join your right hands, which is your oath swearing hand. You know, so you join your right hands as you're making the vows. Right. So you're 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 swearing. You know, by holding your right your right hands together, you're making that oath, that uh, covenant is being established between the two people. Remember, in the, the, the presence bishop, of God. Yeah, and the bishop and the priest is just, or the deacon is just there as the witness right. of the church. But it, they're actually exchanging the covenant between each other, which is beautiful. Even reconciliation, this is an interesting one, specifically speaking about COVID, right? The physical presence in reconciliation is the presence itself. Reconciliation can only be done face to face or through the screen, but in the physical presence of the priest who's representing Christ and the community and the penitent, who is the one who has broken communion, which is why the reconciliation restores that person to communion with God and the community. And there was some conversation even during COVID is, well, reconciliation, can we maybe do this, you know, via, you know, online, via Zoom or via FaceTime or something like that? And the answer came down, no, that is a sacrament that has to be in person, just like all the other sacraments can only be administered in person because they are physical signs of relationship and community. And so the 
pastor or the the uh, priest who's hearing your confession may not touch you. Your presence together in the confessional, in that reconciliation space, is the physical sign of the sacrament. There is the physical um, manifestation of the of that forgiveness. Yeah, and and as we uh, enter into Holy Week. You know, um, the, we enter into in a, in a in a deeper way, the the uh, what Jesus endured. You know, Jesus says, "Pick up your cross and follow me." You know, so we we see Jesus entering into Jerusalem triumphant. You know, at the, at the beginning of of this right. week, right? right yesterday, right Palm Sunday. You know, the, the entrance into Jerusalem, and and then um, uh, you know the 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 passion that he went through, and then of course we we kind of. Pull back a little bit, then here of his this week, his last days, right? Um, where he's still preaching and teaching and healing. Um, again, the healing, the very physical way of restoring is not just restoring people back to health, but, but there's restoring people so that they could worship. Because remember, a lot of the lame and the blind were not allowed. And they were it, unclean. Yeah, they were unclean and not allowed to worship in, in, in the synagogue. Right. Um, so when he restored them to health, he also restored them to the ability to worship. And I think now with COVID, you know, very much on the other side of it, you know, we've been restored, you know, right, right. so we could come back together to worship. You know, you know, we no longer have to uh, be apart from each other and lepers or, you know, as, as I felt like that sometimes, you know, you look at somebody, right. you can't see their face and I can hardly hear what they're saying. And, right, right. you know, um, but now, you know, it's 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 time to get back together as a body of Christ. I hope people, you know, the people and I, and I get it. Some people might still be nervous. Of course. You know, um, I, I, I for example, I know um, there's a young girl here at the parish who has cancer. And uh, so uh, their their family's still wearing masks and stuff like that because sure. you know she's a compromise with with chemo, compromised immune system and things. So that I totally, or if you're elderly, totally understandable, you know. But for the majority of us, you know, um, you know, we should be uh, thrilled, especially this week, <laughs> to be able to come back together uh, around the sacraments and 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 be together as a family. That's been my experience of late too. The this inherent desire to want to be together. You know, a, number, a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, New York City. I went to the uh, New York Encounter. I think I've talked about this before, but uh, uh, the room was packed. People wanted to be together uh, after several years apart. You know, uh, to be in communion. And that was a non-liturgical setting. That was that was a you know a cultural experience and and an opportunity to to be together and to and to chat about you know heady topics and about philosophy and about about economics and those sorts of things. How much more when we're when we're together to worship the God who created us, the God who became one of us to redeem us, to be together. Uh, in these spaces, you know, uh, in in our churches, in places consecrated to Christ, we, the body of Christ, want to be present together. And that's something that's very exciting. I know a couple of weeks ago here uh, in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, the men's group uh, Rekindle the Fire, which does an annual conference, um, had a wonderful gathering back in person. Guys just want to be together again and and thank God for it. And here in Holy Week, when again, these are the high holy days for us, you know, as as Catholics. You mentioned earlier, this is why the incarnation happened. This is why Christ came 
to bring salvation that could only be done in person. It could only be done. I say it could only be done. That's, that's a bit of an awkward statement, isn't it? God could have in justice just waved his proverbial hand and forgiven us and restored us to life. But he chose to become one of us. He chose to take flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And, be, and, and it was an act of the Trinity. God yeah. the Father sent the Holy Spirit to overshadow the Blessed Mother to that the second person of the Trinity, Christ himself, might become incarnate and become one of us, like us in all things but sin. Um, yeah. And it was an act of obedience, right? Christ emptied himself and took the form of a slave being born in human likeness so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend. He's the one who's restored us to perfect eternal life with him. And this is the gift of the sacraments and the invitation of every one of the sacraments too, right? We are invited to seek reconciliation, to receive the outpouring of grace. Even our desire is itself, as we hear in the Eucharistic prayer, even our desire to thank you is itself your gift, Father. God loves us. God loved us from the beginning and loves us through the end and wants us to be with him and gives us every grace to to so that we can cooperate with that, so that we can be with him in eternal life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, how how much do we say that we love God? You know, when, when you invite somebody over to your house who you haven't seen for a long time, you can't wait to see that person. You can't wait to be with them again. And here we are at a time, you know, entering into the, the, the Holy Week, uh, you know, the most sacred time for us as Catholics. You know, we've been without... Jesus for a while, you know, if you haven't been, if you haven't been the mass for a while, you know, we say how much we love him, but do we really? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Just, just like, I mean, the person that you love that you can't imagine being without coming to your house. Here we are. God's advice to come to his house yeah. to spend, to spend time with him. And uh, I always look forward to, to this week very, very much. And it was very strange celebrating the last two years without people there. You know, fortunately, I was able to be there with Father, and which is very appropriate because the deacon represents the people at the altar. Right. So thank, without the people being there, that. That they, you're most welcome. Um, it, it was it was a, a great privilege to be able to, to serve uh, with Father during those times. Um, and I, I just, I just, you know, hope that people really have that desire to come back because some and we're creatures of habit, right? You know, sometimes we've gotten used to not going. Two years we've is a long used habit. To, you know, basically, you know, either watching it in slippers and with a cup of coffee in our hand, or or just not watching it all. You know, finding other things to do with our Sunday. Um, but it's time to it's it's time to get back to to us. You know, it's it's, it's time to get back to, to to being who we are. In Christ again, and this is just a tremendous opportunity, especially now with the U.S. Bishop's um, uh, forthcoming focus is going to be on on the Eucharist, on which we've talked about. You know, yep. we just we spent time talking about the document that the U.S. Bishops put out about the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and so again, the the beautiful emphasis on the physicalness, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Christ's presence in that sacrament, um, and how we enter. It's a relationship we enter into, right? And, and so, um, you know, I, I hope to to. With with what God has me doing, to hope to inspire people um, to a, a deeper intimacy, to challenge people to really think deeply and seriously about where they are in their life, what's really important in this life, and and how the Eucharist gives us the strength to be able to endure anything this culture has to throw at us. 
as we continue to journey, you know, uh, to our heavenly Jerusalem at the end of our life. Are there, well, I, I know there certainly are. What are some highlights of Holy Week for you in our last few, you know, kind of minutes together? What, what are some of the things that you like most? You, you talked about looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so Holy Thursday, um, I love the end, you know, where we, you, you take the Eucharist out of the, the tabernacle, and you, well, at least we do, we process around our church, mm-hmm. and then we have an altar of repose, which is we, one of our two side altars. Yeah. Um, and then the, our Vietnamese community spends hours in prayer. You know, um, again, don't understand what they're saying, but it's beautiful. I mean, you just you just feel the Holy Spirit there, and they're just literally pouring their hearts out in in, in praise and thanksgiving to God. You know, and then we're and then while that's going on, we're stripping the altar, you know, and and all of that, you know. So it just it just kind of that that beautiful stark reality, you know. And then you come in the next day for uh, Good Friday, which of course is not Mass, <laughs> right? But um, uh, you come in and just you know. In silence, he just prostrate right in front of the altar, you know, at the beginning. You know, again, just it really brings what that day is about, you know, uh, you know, um, what's 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 happening that day. Right. The altar representing the altar of sacrifice, also representing the cross itself. Yes. Right. So we're laying you're laying prostrate on the floor. You and, and father and the and the servers are typically uh, or is it I think just, it's just kneeling? Yeah, just, it's yeah, just, yeah. Deacon kneeling and, the, and father laying prostrate on the floor. The rest of us kneeling. Um, we were talking about the physicality. Yeah, this is very much. This is also the day that I think of as the ultimate day of Catholic calisthenics, because <laughs> this is the day when we do the petitions. Mm-hmm. So first off, we have the reading of the Passion of the Christ from the Gospel of John, which you know, has us shouting, crucify him, crucify him, has us kneeling as we hear about Christ's dying on the cross, you know, it is finished. Um, and then we all kneel, you know, but then we have the petitions afterward. And this is when you as deacon, <laughs> this yeah. is, you get the most speaking you do at just about any mass, right? Yeah, but it's right. always the same thing. Let us kneel, let us stand, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we stand for the prayers and we, li- and we have these petitions in which we pour out our role as intercessors for the world. The church prays for all classes and all aspects of life, those who believe, those who do not believe, those who have no faith, um, our brothers and sisters who are not in communion with Rome, the Jewish community, uh, the sick. It's, it's an incredible set of prayers. It's, and yet... <laughs> And we're kneeling and standing because we are actually physically entering into the prayer. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, Easter Vigil, of course. The so you start with the fire, you know, and you light the, the Easter candle and then you process in. And, uh, you know, the Christ our light three times. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, uh, everybody lights their candles from the Easter candle. And then get to sing the exalted, you know, which is one of the highlights for me. It's fantastic. As a deacon. And the way we do it at, at our parish is that, and I sing it in Latin. Okay. And so uh, I go up to the ambo, incense, the exalted, and then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a spotlight. The church is completely dark. There's a spotlight shining on me. And I begin, you know, exalted iam angelica turbace lorum, exalted, you know, and sing the whole thing. And then meanwhile, um, 
we have someone kind of with a dramatic reading of it in English. Okay. So I, I'm singing it, you know, at kind of a you know a little back away from the mic. Sure, so can, sure. And the, and the incense is rising, so the smoke is rising. So you got the, you know, the, the Latin and pillar of fire, person. pillar of smoke. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the person, you know, with a, with a very nice dramatic reading of it. Yeah. In English and what the night is really about. Now we found that that draws people into the mystery. You know, they're all there holding their lights, you know, and, yeah. and it just really draws them in. And all the readings, you know, that, 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 that traces salvation history, starting with Genesis all the way through. It's beautiful. It's it. Uh, the entire Easter vigil is salvation history in three hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. And that's even if you're not that's it's going to be that long even if you're not baptizing and receiving people into church but it's so rich and it's and again this is the actual high point of the entire year for us this is Christ resurrecting breaking the bonds of death conquering death and inviting us into that life it's so be- and you get to sing yeah, oh, it's right. fantastic <laughs> i love the easter vigil yeah it's and the lights come on and mm-hmm. all yep. of it yeah, and then we ring we ring the bells at our bell tower. Yep. You know, ring during the Gloria. You know, and uh, it's uh, it's it's wonderful. And again, the physicalness of it, right, from darkness to light. Yep. You know, then we have our candles. We're holding them. You know, reminds of our baptism, right? You're supposed to keep the light burning. You know, and so and so it's just it's just the symbolism. And, and I wish we, you know, um, maybe a, a good thing to do to to bring pap to bring people back in is to. You know, help them rediscover the symbolism of you know what what's happening, why is it happening, and how is that connected to my life every day? Right. You know, I think a little maybe a little catechesis on that, um, maybe from the priest to the parish would be very helpful for people. This is uh, what happens then after the Easter vigil, especially when your parish has received people into the church. Um, there's this period of what's called mystagogy. You know that we go through the sacraments, maybe without understanding everything that's going at the time, but that's what mystagogy means. It's the unpacking of that mystery, the opening of the veil, the, uh, I can't even remember the exact translation into English from the Greek, but but it is to unpack what we've just experienced. And, you know, the reality is, I think you've hit it. Even those of us who do this year in and year out, always have something to learn from what we've experienced. But uh, guess what? Always leave them wanting more because that's what we have to do tonight. We're out of time now, but we just want to encourage you to enter deeply into Holy Week, into the Sacred Triduum. And when we gather again next week, we will be an Easter people again. And so we'll have much to rejoice and to unpack together when we gather next week here on Living Stones. Uh, you can always listen to previous episodes of the show at moderndayradio.com. And you can connect with us on Facebook. Just type in Living Stones Media. But Deacon, until we gather next week in the Easter season, might we have a blessing to get us through this? Sure. May Almighty God bless you and keep you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.